Over the past few months, the Landreth family has discussed the turmoil, hardships, victories, love, and care that they had experienced in Trent's early life. On today's episode, Corey and Andrea will speak about the glimmer of hope for an education for Trent, a real experience where his academic needs could be met in an environment where he was able to fully be himself. Today, we talk about Trent's enrollment in HeartSpring, what led to it, and the relief that Corey and Andrea experienced. Here's your host, Tristan Moore. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Used Up Pens podcast. I'm your host, Tristan, and I have my parents with me, per huge. Yo. Hello. Um, Corey and Andrea, I guess <laughs> I can say that. Um, okay, so we've mentioned HeartSpring several times throughout um, this season, but in this episode, we're going to get into it a little bit. Um, so HeartSpring is the private school, I guess you could say, um, that Trent went to when he was 11. Um, so the first question we have is, um, what was the transition like from public school to a private school? Maybe not, maybe not HeartSpring specifically, but just going to a school that wasn't public. What was that like? Well, because, um, our district said that it was the, um, most appropriate setting for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were responsible for the transportation for that. So we started out like we were supposed to and, and have them transport him. And, um, and so it wasn't, it didn't feel like a huge change because, um, you know, there was, yeah. it was like he was riding a bus to school or something. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Um, that got difficult. And Corey ended up taking him because he, he was aggressive on the, on the bus, but, um, I, it got I didn't difficult for him to be riding in the car. What do you mean by that? Well, he just, um, I, and, and I don't even know that we know why it, it may have been the, the, the noise of the bus. It may have been the, the seating. It may have been, yeah. the, I, I mean, like who knows what set him off, but being on the bus just really, he did not like that. And yeah. so, and it was more of a, was it a van or was it a legit no, bus? At first it was a, it was a mini a, bus, a bus. Um, and, and the, and they outfitted it with a, was a five point mm-hmm. harness, mm. um, to keep him from, you know, attacking yeah. anybody or trying to get up or get off or whatever. And, and so, I mean, that was just, it was like every day we're getting calls because he was, he, that like this harness is designed to keep you straight up and down mm-hmm. and locked in place. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and he, they, they would call us and be like, well, he's they twist- would call us within a minute or two. He's twisted <laughs> himself up in this harness and we're afraid we're going to have to cut it off of him <laughs> because we can't get him out of Just it. Just the call you want it. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, there were several times where he's like, he's worked himself into a side where he's trying to kick the window out Mm. and he hated being, but they never, they would get two blocks away, a block or two. He'd already just be wound up and screaming and tangled up. So you're, you know, mentally you get him on the bus and you come back inside and you're ready to do your day. And then you get this call that totally interrupts everything. So what did you have to do? Well, eventually it just happened so often that we were like, this is pointless because by that point, well, I don't even know if I can say by that point, but I mean, he was riding in the car with us. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, as a personal vehicle, he, he seemed to be pretty good and yeah. he could, you know, could ride in the front seat or back seat or whatever. And, and so we just, we just decide we're just like, okay, this is not working. Yeah. You know, every day we're, it's a big fight we're putting on. It's stressful for him. It's stressful for us. It's stressful for the bus driver and the paras that are uh, yeah. riding with him. Did you ever have to like get him off of the bus and into your car and you would drive him or did oh, yeah. they always yeah. take him? Um, no, they, they, they turned around and came back to our house. Yeah. Often oh. they would, they were close enough that they could come back. Um, I think there was a time or two. <laughs> so he could probably. just wind himself up in the seatbelt and then get to ride in your car. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's pretty clever. Uh, and so, but I mean, that didn't go on for too terribly long before we decided this isn't working. I'm just going to drive him every day. Yeah. And so, and so then it started and I don't know and then how that's many when it years. felt a lot different. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because that was, well, you know, it was, was probably over seven years because no, 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 it wasn't because he started riding with, with Bill yeah, in the yeah, van in the end, when it was just after some time at heart spring and, and, and seeing Megan up in Kansas city riding got even easier for him. And mm-hmm. so then eventually Bill, um, started driving him. And so what, what would happen is, but when it got to that point, this was later on in that heart spring career was, I, I would drive him on Mondays and Fridays in the morning. Mm-hmm. I would take him in so that I could, and I could go in at that point, the schools weren't completely locked down like they are now. Right. So I could go in and talk to his teachers and his paras and medical staff and administration mm-hmm. or whatever, find out what was going on, how things were going. And so I maintained that connection with them by taking him Monday and Friday. And then Bill took him, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then picked him up every day of the week. Mm. But for six years or something, um, and you know, that my struggle was, it wasn't like, like if I worked in Wichita, it's like when the drive wasn't terrible, Mm -hmm. it was about an hour, took about an hour to get there and back. Mm -hmm. But if you work in Wichita, you know, you drive the 30 minutes to get here and then you stay and work for eight hours and then you drive home. Yeah. I was leaving in the morning, driving him here and coming right back home an hour. Mm-hmm. And then the afternoon I'd have to, whatever I was doing, I have to stop, drive to heart spring, come back another hour. So it was two hours out of my day that completely interrupted the yeah. afternoon, Yeah, you know, when I'd have to stop and, and, and drive him back and forth. Um, and so I, I remember I had taken him to school one, uh, one day at, at in Andover and I dropped him off and I was coming back home and I called the superintendent of the um, uh, Butler County Interlocal. And uh, and, and we knew, you know, like mom was already working um, for the special ed co-op and we'd, we'd had multiple meetings with these people. So, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of kind of knew them. We knew they knew of us. And so I called him one day on my way home and I just said, like, this isn't working. He he needs to go someplace else. Um, and like we talked like you're I talking took, about when he was in the public school. Yeah, still. when he was still in the public school setting. Mm. And what so was this like the final straw before yeah, he went to Yeah, this was when he was in the classroom, like by himself. There's okay. no interaction. And or you anything. were a para. And I was a para. Okay. Yeah. And like I was like burnout from that and yeah. whatever. And, and so 
Um, and so called him and we were having that conversation. And I know that's probably not easy conversation for any school district because they're thinking of all the dollars that are going to yeah. go out of their program by sending him to a place, to a private school, a place like Heart Spring. Yeah. And, and so I just remember being on the phone with him and he was like, well, you know, we're going to have to like look at this and this and this. And I said, I said, look, we have, we have put him in every classroom that you have suggested He's mm-hmm. been in five different classrooms or six different classrooms in five different schools in five years. Yeah. This is not like we've exhausted what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. And basically when I said that, he he was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like we, we, we let them try enough things mm-hmm. that by the by that time we could we kind of had the you had evidence yes of like none yeah none of this is working right yeah yeah we had some equity there to yeah well, and they to knew that too we're not doing this yeah. anymore they knew that too because three yeah. years earlier they had told us to go visit yeah. Heartspring, you know so yeah it wasn't a surprise to anyone so when you called him and said you know none of this is working we need to do something else were you thinking Heartspring then, or were you just thinking that well, was be, that was the option? Yeah, yeah. There, there was no. And because other we had visited option. there before, we were right. yeah familiar. And and by again by that point, you know, we're not only are the classrooms and staff kind of at their wits' end with what to do with him, but so were we. You know, right. I mean, that was this is emotionally draining for us as well, and for me trying to do a job, uh, you yeah. know, and and then be with him all day, be with him all night. I mean, yeah. And even at HeartSpring, you know, sometimes when we're feeling burnout, you know, with working with kids all day mm-hmm. long, um, oftentimes we'll tell each other like, but you get to go home and these parents don't. Yeah. And so I can't imagine like working in the school and thinking, Oh, everyone else gets to go home <laughs> and I'm still basically working. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was an interesting thing. And, you know, and your mom experienced that, too, because yeah, working in a special needs classroom right, and then having a special needs child. And then it's, it's the same yeah. thing. So this is a difficult, you know, it's a difficult time for yeah. all of us, I think. And, um, you know, and I think the thing one of the things that in, in all of this and we've I think we've mentioned this before that one of the things that I think has helped us all as a family mm-hmm. is when we get, um, you know, when we get burnt out mm. reminding ourselves that as difficult as it is for us, when, when we feel like we can reason things out and we can look at the yeah. different sides and stuff, um, and that it's gotta be more difficult right. for Trent because he doesn't have that ability. Like he, right. you know, like I can't imagine not being able to tell somebody when I hurt or how yeah. I feel. Um, and, and that the only thing anybody seems to respond to is flying off the handle. Right. Yeah. So when you visited HeartSpring when he was eight, from that point on until he went to HeartSpring when he was 11, was HeartSpring always like in the back of your mind? Was that always kind of an option or yeah. I think we always kind of felt like, are we there yet? Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. It, Cause is that it was time the thing. yet <laughs> when we saw and when we went the first time, it was just overwhelming. You yeah. Know, we were like, it was like, I think we talked about it. It's emotional for us to admit 
that our son needed to be in a place like this mm -hmm. because we saw right. students with such high needs. Mm -hmm. um, but we got there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it was a it relief. Was, yeah. By that point, it was much we easier. Were, yeah. We were more accepting <laughs> and ready for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. And so when we, when we went back the second time, it wasn't like, I think we were kind of shell-shocked mm -hmm. initially that first visit. But then when we went back and, and visited again, we were like, like we were walking through the school, getting mm -hmm. a tour, and there's a student that's like, aggressing or whatever mm -hmm. and the staff just handled it yeah and nobody freaked out yeah nobody got like they just got up and did their job and we were like yeah oh my goodness this is amazing yeah i remember <laughs> that visit the second visit being yeah. extremely emotional for me yeah extremely yeah. emotional it was it was still hard yeah but but we knew see i'm getting emotional just thinking about it <laughs> and this is a big deal people because yeah mom never cries so <laughs> yeah live it up everybody <laughs> um were there any did trent have like a schedule of classes that you guys like got to see or like did you have your hand in like the classes that he was in they more so at heart spring they gave us a tour and showed us the uh, like the vocational area mm -hmm. and told us when he did that and yeah. and just the different areas they just walked around i don't remember them asking us what we wanted him to participate in they just kind of said this is our program and yeah and but they were very involved with the like that the, lots of communication with the home district and what the home district's requirements, educational requirements were. Yeah. And then the school had to meet that. Right. Yeah. Uh, because they covered their Heart legal Spring, bases yeah. with the education. Everyone's from all over yeah. and different districts require different things. Yep. So, yeah, that all of that is way over my head. That's yeah. so much stuff. <laughs> to get complex. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, as you know, years later then, I've served on the Heart Spring Site Council and we've right. had to deal, and that's been the thing that's just blown my mind is like, okay, yes, you have, you know, you only have 50 or 55 students or whatever. Yeah. But every single one of those students came to you with an IEP already that had different requirements right. you come from a different district that has different educational requirements mm -hmm. and 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 so like you know heart spring like parents with with students with ieps are going to understand this when you have what's it called andrea if when you uh the the when a student begins to slip or to fall and they have the tears what's okay. that called the um it's a multi-tier system of support you yes. mean if they like if they're doing well and they need start to need more intervention, right? Yeah, they. So so HeartSpring had to create a whole brand new tier system because all of the students that came to them were fours or whatever, and so they had to be like four point one, four point two. Mm. They had to create a new system, and so you think about that for every student. Yeah. Um, but but again, that's. That is the thing that I think HeartSpring excels at. And so when we brought Trent back the second time and he began attending there was much more comforting to us because it was obvious that they knew what they were doing and they were handling all of those aspects. Yeah. Did it, were you like 
maybe kind of like freaked out when you didn't get a call from the school for the first time or like you didn't know what was it was happening. kind of like when we talked about when he was four and we gave him melatonin and he slept yeah and it was yeah. like this piece yeah. like yeah. finally oh. he's asleep at a decent hour yeah. it was kind of like that like uh i got through my whole day at, i mean for Corey, oh, yeah. since I was working in the school, I didn't get the call usually. But for him, it's like, wow, I made it through the whole day without getting a call. I just hearing Tristan ask that question, I'm like in my mind, I'm snapping back to like, ha- like what literally having that conversation going, oh, my goodness, Andrea, I did not get a call today. Yeah. The school didn't call me and go, we're having this problem. We're having that problem. We're having what like they're just handling it. Yeah. It yeah. was yeah. And let me was, tell you, it was relief completely. Those different. school paras and staff are like amazing. The rock stars. I like yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I worked in Peds, and anytime we did like NCI drills with the school people, I was like intimidated at how good they were. I just like <laughs> it's like okay, kids going into behavior, we have to do this. They just like boom. boom. They just like swarm. They're, well, I'm so impressed with them. When I would drive, when I'd take him and pick him up, you know, when I'd pick him up every day, mm-hmm. I would go into the yeah. school building and, you know, I would walk down to the classroom. I would get him out of the classroom and bring him out multiple times, especially early on in, in his HeartSpring career. I would come into the school and I could hear him because he was in a behavior in the mm-hmm. quiet room or whatever. And I could tell his yeah. you know, immediately tell his voice. I knew that was him, mm-hmm. and and uh, so I, I, you know, I like the first time going in there and having that happen, and realizing that Trent's behavior or getting Trent out of that behavior did not require me to get involved. And so here I am as a parent for the first time in my life, just yeah. standing there, watching him his his needs you know i mean it's a very difficult situation but watching these people just handle it like they were professionals yeah they are professionals (laughs) professionals. and that was yeah yeah, that was so different than anything else we had experienced because in every other situation in every other school setting when mom or dad showed up we were expected yeah to to respond to Mm -hmm. that um that behavior or whatever yeah but not at heart spring they just yeah. It. Well, and this and a lot like of a, a lot of for uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that's the way they run, but they they have to run that way because most of the kids don't, yeah, don't even live in state. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. you can't. They don't have parents to call who could come get yeah. their child. You know, yeah. so it just forces them to to handle it there. So mm-hmm. once again, our our family, like we see these things as incredible blessings. Um, we, we talked before about Trent, um, because, because some people with ASD don't want to be touched, but Mm -hmm. Trent enjoys that and wants to be hugged. So we, we've seen that as, as kind of a blessing for us that we can hug him and, um, be interactive with him like that. And I, and I think the other thing is living 25 minutes away from the, the, in our opinion, anyway, the best school placement for people with asd Mm -hmm. in in it's certainly in the midwest region um and and so being so close and like 
that like the majority Trent was, I think when Trent was a student there, there were just over 50 students mm-hmm. in the school side. And Trent was one of three to five students that were day only. Yeah. So he only came for day hours and then he, then he went home. All the other students lived on mm-hmm. campus and group homes and, yeah. and you know, that and and so we were very fortunate to. to I don't be know so how close. many times we looked at those parents on Parent Weekend and uh, thought, "Wow, yeah, I can't imagine how how can you come drop your kid off?" But if if we had lived somewhere else, yeah. that could have been us had to. making yeah. that yeah. decision. Yeah. Well, and you think of all the you know the the jobs like I mean, it's a huge that's a huge thing. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. again, we're just like, um, you, you know, like like for us personally we're just like god thank you for yeah <laughs> working this out yeah and, and a lot of people us to be here. a lot of people don't realize that like heart spring is a last resort for yes. yeah it basically yeah. everybody that goes there yeah it's mm-hmm. like, you don't want to have to do that mm-hmm. but the circumstances and the severity and everything you know yeah. right all impacts that um so yeah of course I don't think anybody would want to drop no. their <laughs> child off and, you know, no, not see them for I mean, months. that's the hardest decision of their lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So did any of these changes that were made, like you guys not getting calls during the day or, um, you know, them being able to handle it, tramping and, you know, a place that you were confident and they were confident that they could handle him. Did that change um, anything like in the home life or did you see any changes like within Trent? Well, for me, mm-hmm. I got my days back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I could function, you know, and I wasn't so worried about just being interrupted all the time. Yeah. But we that did. break also, I think helped all of us as a family yeah. to have that break during the day. It was when he was at HeartSpring when I first noticed him show impulse control and I don't know if, I mean, I I guess I've always said maturity is part of it, but also where he was at. I really believe the things Mm -hmm. they did with him. Um, like he was in a, he was in a social group. I can't remember exactly, um, what it was with the school psychologist there. And, and he learned, he learned cool down techniques there. Mm -hmm. I remember the first first time time. we heard him breathe. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with his lips poking right yep, out. Yep. Yeah, so he learned some cool down strategies, and we're yeah. like, "Whoa!" Yeah, <laughs> and then we asked them about it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, he's learning that in this group." Right. And so, um, yeah, he he did transfer what he learned yeah. there to That's home. Great. Well, and then so they were able to say, "Hey, we're working on this," and so if he begins yeah. to, you know, you feel like he's getting upset or whatever, you can tell him, "Trent, do you need to breathe?" And then he will do. <laughs> Um, do his thing. In fact, yeah. I guarantee if we brought him in here right now, he, he would, would just, yeah. yeah, he'd just do it. Uh, we did have some like phone conferences with them where we talked about some, some of those things, but typically it was the once a year at his IEP. We mm-hmm. really talked a lot yeah. about those things that they were doing with him and what we were doing at home and how we could do carry over some things from home, mm-hmm. uh, from school. They could carry over some things from home. Yeah. Um, so I felt like they wanted to work with families. Yeah. And, and being get him to on transfer the, things. being on the site council, which, you know, COVID just messed that all up. But um, I, I know like oftentimes sitting in site council when we're with um, teachers and administrators, mm-hmm. 
I, I think almost every meeting that we have, I would say, why did you wait until Trent <laughs> was out of school before you implemented this oh. thing? You know, like just the technology side of it. Like, yeah, they are they are now bringing parents into the classroom via like FaceTime type yeah. thing. And they have an app that parents can get where where um, teachers upload their their schoolwork and their artwork and their, you know, the things they're doing. So the parents can see like every mm. day, get this input from and, and can join them in the classroom. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. With just the kids. All schools like are so constantly cool. trying to better things. Yeah, they are. So, but, you know, um, that's good. Yeah. But that's been, and, and, and we just, we just found HeartSpring was so open. Like we will share anything, not just with you guys, but with your school district, like we'll help yeah. anything they can do. Yeah. It's a very good experience. Yeah. So once, you know, he settled in at HeartSpring, how were you feeling about Trent's future? Well, there's more hope. Yeah. Because he was learning how to control some of those behaviors. Again, I think it wasn't just HeartSpring. It was... It was the treatments that he was getting with Megan. It was, you know, yeah. the experiences that we were having at home. And and then HeartSpring comes. It's a total package kind of thing. But, right. Um, yeah, I think we we were like. Well, and it, it in the beginning, especially, it was, what are we going to do as he gets bigger? He can't continue to be this aggressive. Right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so thinking about the future for him was as simple as, we just don't want him to hurt anybody. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Well, and what you hear from other parents and stuff is like. But as he matures. It's going to get worse. Yeah. yeah. You know, like he's going to re- reach puberty and it's going to be horrible. It's going to, this whole other dimension is going to be added. But for him, and as he matured, he did come more under control and learn that impulse yeah. control. And, um, and yeah, the, um, you know, one of their th- biggest things for the older kids is figuring out a vacation for them and helping with yeah. that training. Yeah. And for him, it was drawing and they, they very much um, helped get that off the ground. Yeah. So that gave us hope for his future too, that he could do something that would um, reach other families mm-hmm. uh, with children with autism and give them hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, which was again, part of heart springs deal is they really want to find that thing that each student yeah. has that they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a simple thing or a complex thing, they really try to to do that. You know, yeah. it just occurred to me, and this is probably not the time to talk about it, and I know, we probably missed the time to talk about it, but our probably our very first um, exposure to HeartSpring was the Autism Society of Kansas meetings that we went to that didn't have anything to do with HeartSpring other than they met at HeartSpring's it. campus. Is that when um, we all went and then yes. I got to go play in the MSE room? Yes, which you loved. <laughs> which you didn't those. know it was called that back then. I didn't know. I think they just cool. called it the sensory room sensory back room. then. Yeah, yeah. Multi-sensory uh, environment. Yeah. Well, but we can yeah. talk about that at, that in another episode probably. Well, which we probably skipped it because it's yeah. you know moving up through his childhood and life. But yeah, that was a waste anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against the Autism Society of America. It was just the clientele who happened to attend these yeah, meetings. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah, it just didn't fit right. our, you right. know, we, 
we we didn't have a nanny that could take care of Trent (laughs) changes diapers. Well, our son wasn't diagnosed at 12 with Asperger's. (laughs) That's right. That was most of the case for everyone. It just wasn't wasn't a peer group for us. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it took me a little off track there, Dad. <laughs> um, yeah. So, as as you mentioned before, it wasn't only Heart Spring. It was, you know, treatments that he went to with Megan in Kansas City. It was um, growing up. Lots of different factors going into that. Um, so, what is some, I guess, like last encouragement? We've been a, a commercial for Heart Spring, as you said, but. Mm. That's not always an option for everyone, and it's right. not always the best fit for everyone. Yeah. Um, so what's some encouragement that you could give, you know, the the average person who could be listening to this in, in the trenches and, yeah. you know, I would hope. say um, speak your concerns with your, with your um, educational team, your child's educational team. Mm-hmm. They want to know if there are things you want them to be working on. They want to know if you feel they're meeting your child's needs. Um, and just if, if things aren't going like you think they should call a meeting, tell them we need to meet and talk about this. And, and if there are, if you still don't feel like things are going the right way, you know, um, reach out to people, ask some questions, do some research and figure out what you think your child needs. And some, I'm going to add this to that. A lot of people don't know that you can, as the parent, you can invite anybody that you want to an IEP meeting. And there are IEP advocates that you can hire to come to your meeting if you want mom I, yeah, works in the school I, system so she's which not some a fan, of that but, yeah <laughs> but yeah I'm and just sometimes that that's great ridiculous sometimes it's you know. not great <laughs> but but i i would say i would say it this way um as a as a parent you have much more power than you probably realize yes we've talked to definitely. a lot of parents who just are like well the school district said this, and and I'll, let me let me get more specific. The typically the issues that parents have are not with the classroom teachers and staff, paras and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those individuals who are directly working with your child want the best for your child. In almost every case, they want to see your child succeed. They want the best situation. The struggle that most parents have is not with classroom staff; it's with administrative staff. Mm-hmm. Because they're looking, I mean, they would say they're looking at the bigger picture, but a lot of times that bigger picture primarily is dollars. Mm -hmm. And so there's a struggle there, right? There's a disconnect there. Um, But as a parent, you have a lot more power than you probably realize. And you, like you've got to, I don't know what the right, I think of several things to say and none of them are appropriate. You you have to be your child's primary and strongest advocate. Yeah. And so. And honestly, having worked in the schools and dealt with some very demanding parents and uh, and even to the point that we'd say uncalled for demands and things, I have never seen a child treated any differently. I have never seen mm. staff take any of that you know, mm-hmm. frustration out on the child. They still, yeah. Yeah. they still want what's best for your child. Good educators always want what's yes. best for the child. Yeah. So and don't be afraid to speak up. Yeah. yeah. And if you are, you know, meek or, or you don't want to say something, even just having someone who has worked with your child before or knows your child 
having them. And mm-hmm. even if they don't say anything, you know, I, I had a parent say that they invited someone that just works with their kid, not in like school or anything, mm-hmm. just be there. And they didn't say a single word, but just the fact that they were there supporting mm-hmm. yes. her, she was able to, you know, stand up for herself more. Yeah. Which is good, especially in a district that they don't yeah. listen very well. Well, and, and maybe we could, maybe we could say it this way. Your, you know, <laughs> children are children, right? Mm-hmm. They, they don't, they don't have the ability or the mental capacity to make big decisions for themselves. They don't always know what's best for themselves. That's right. why children get into trouble. <laughs> so you add, add on top of that, a, a child with, with needs. So like in our situation, Trent was nonverbal. Mm-hmm. There was a point where we had to go, like we're pretty compliant people, you mm-hmm. know, like we don't cause a lot of problems and yeah. you know, what up stir the pot, so to speak. But there was a point when we realized we had to be the voice for Trent and we had to stand up for him because he couldn't stand right. up for himself. And so you, you really like, you really have to, like you got to suit up, you know, yeah. to, to go into those meetings sometimes. Yeah, and you got to know yeah. I ha- that like I have to fight for what's best for my kid. Yeah. And like you got to listen. You got to you got to be under. It's got to be a two way street. Right. But when you when like you got to there's sometimes when you just have to stand up and you have to say this is not working, you know. And, yeah. and so that's what we did when when we when we went back to Heart Spring called the district and said, this is not working. Yeah. We have to do something else. When, like you said, you had, you know, evidence and, yeah. and things. Yeah, you we've know, done what tried. you asked us to do. Yeah. It didn't work. Now it's time to try mm-hmm. something else. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, but we we have, like, again, we've talked with parents all over the country through HeartSpring and whatever. Um, and, and we know there are people out there, maybe you are listening to this and you have a negative experience with ours. There's always going to be people yeah, like that. Yeah. But, but our experience and the people that we know have been, has been, it was fantastic. It was the best thing probably for Trent and so much more good has come out of that. Um, the, the coloring yeah. books, the whole, the whole company mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole drawings by trent thing started there yeah and they gave us hope mm-hmm. that you know there could be more so it was mm-hmm. huge yeah it was a huge moment for us and that's why we're all still so why we're involved with them yeah. that's why we just came from shooting commercial commercial for yeah. their <laughs> care fest it's why right. tristan works for heart spring yeah. um yeah and and so by the way uh we get no kickbacks from heart spring that's true <laughs> right it's not, not a commercial for heart not a commercial for heart spring even though it sounds like it i'll probably so. get like somebody will probably say something to me at work yeah <laughs> <laughs> be like hey we're not gonna pay you for that but thanks yeah <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. Okay, great. Any last words? Nope. Okay. Heart Spring Hawks. <laughs> Go Heart Spring Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Um, that was a great first season, and we hope to see you guys yeah. back on season two. Yes. Yeah. Oh, perfect timing. Goodbye. What a great way to wrap up a first season of the Used Up Pins podcast. Uh, We want to thank you again so much for listening and all of your support over these past few months. It's been just a great experience, um, and I think that we really enjoyed. uh, I think Tristan and I both speak for our parents um, when we say we've really enjoyed 
helping to get this information out to the public. Yeah, definitely. So uh, this is our last episode for the first season. Uh, however, be sure to tune in in two weeks on December 6th. We'll be releasing. Uh, so you may not know, we record all of these episodes. Um, they're not recorded and then released. We record them all several months in advance. So all of the first season was recorded during this past summer. And we've released them in increments over the fall. Uh, so we are getting ready to record season two. So we're going to take a little bit of a break after December 6th. Uh, we're going to be visiting uh, some people for interviews. Uh, and we'll be uh, traveling a little bit to get those interviews done. Uh, but I think you're really going to enjoy this second season when it releases in January. Uh, I believe the first episode for season two will uh, premiere January 3rd of 2022. So be on the lookout for that. Um no new uh, reviews this week, Tristan. Bummer. Yeah. So uh, we still want people. To, we still want to hear from people, even though we won't be releasing during December. Um, please leave a, a review and a rating. We love to hear from people, and we love to uh, uh, to engage and help out with people with uh, any issues or just to help you feel like maybe you're not alone in uh, this crazy journey. Um, having a sibling or a child with ASD can can be a real struggle sometimes, and we just want you to know that we're here for you. Um, Trent uh, has been getting lots of orders in. So Tristan, if they want to uh, grab a t-shirt or uh, I about said note cards, but that's not it. Uh, it Just letter- cards. Cards. Yeah, there mm-hmm. we go. Where, where could they get that stuff at? All of that and more will be at drawingsbytrent.com. Yeah. And I believe he just got the socks in. Uh, unfortunately, the... We were not talking about oh, it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to bring up that the game. <laughs> um, anyway... So, uh, if you want to uh, give us a, just a like and subscribe to this, and anytime uh, follow us on Facebook, you could find Trent on Facebook at Drawings by Trent. He is also I found out that he's on Twitter. I did not know that Drawings by Trent is on Twitter. Is he though? It. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, you go ahead and follow if you want to, but nothing's gonna happen over there for a while. <laughs> I'll just tell you now. We need to get a used up pins podcast Twitter handle going. I keep meaning to do that and then putting it off. Um. Anyway, but you def- definitely follow him on Instagram and TikTok mm-hmm. at Drawings by Trent. Um, engage with us, talk with us. We love talking with people about Trent, and we love uh, we love getting to share his gift with the world. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, a share goes a long way. Um, steal your mom's phone and subscribe to us on Apple <laughs> Podcast or Spotify. Uh, but we want to thank you so much for this overwhelming response for this first season. Um, thank you for tuning in to Used Up Pins, and as always. Thanks for listening.